episode of Midnight at the Spaghetti Factory. This is me, Matt. Uh, I'm going to refer to myself as Matt today because uh, my <laughs> sister's here with us, and she is also a rainwater. So um, my sister Danielle Rainwater is here, and she is, I would say, the main force of No Brow Apparel, a t-shirt company that I have contributed design work for. But uh, the main brunt of it is done through Danielle's labor, through Danielle's work <laughs> and know-how and, and knowledge in regards to printing T-shirts. So um, on today's episode, we're going to be celebrating 420 and talking about substances and their influence on art, on artists, how it impacts them, and in what ways it might... Um, in what ways it can be beneficial to the artistic process, but also in what in what ways can it also not be beneficial to the artistic process? There's a whole conversation going on in regards not just to cannabis, but to psychedelics in general, on their effects on people and um, on their effects on culture. So anyway, we will be getting into all that today. And uh, let's, uh, I'd like to also allow Jow to sort of pitch his uh two cents I, in on the subject i and i preface this with both of them before we started uh recording i am like a four-year-old on this topic going to be asking ignorant um childish questions that may seem offensive to some people who have dabbled or fully engage in substances i'm not gonna say abuse because that's a personal thing but i am for lack of better term straight edge not necessarily by choice uh, depends on which substance we're talking about. Um, but I, I've never done a drug. I've never smoked weed once. I've never had a sip of alcohol. I am a total substance prude when it comes to it all. If there's anything even remotely near me, uh, I start getting uncomfortable and I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm of the mind that, they're, that all of them are bath salts. And someone's gonna murder me, <laughs> drain my blood in their bathtub, and like I'm gonna be on the news as another unfortunate victim. Um, so again, I am a complete idiot about this. So I will be asking a lot of questions, and I'm hoping not to put these two wonderful people into uncomfortable situations <laughs> where they have to out themselves about what they've done or how it's uh, affected them. But I, I guess the only substance I guess I can really claim is good old caffeine. Uh, caffeine is oh, definitely yeah. a substance, that, that's, too. I would, uh, Danielle, yeah. do you have an, an opinion about that? Caffeine? I mean, it's definitely addictive, for sure. I mean, I mean, <laughs> if you want to, you can say it's a drug. Because, right. I mean, some it people can't me, function without it. I, I wake up at 7.45 in the morning, and by 8.15, 8.30, I have a Coca-Cola in my hand. So that's definitely an addictive oh, habit that I have, and it's pretty much all I drink the entire day. Um, and then I drink one usually right before I go to bed, and even though I have caffeine in my system, I will still go to sleep. Um, I could down a, a 12-ounce can of Coca-Cola, and 10 minutes later, I will be out. I wish I could do that. I, <laughs> I If I drink coffee or like any like i i just tried um like there's this new energy i don't know if they're really new but the bang energy drinks i tried them because a friend was recommending them to me sure. and i couldn't go to sleep i just like because i'm kind of a naturally anxious person anyway mm. so like my mind's just racing the whole day and so i i just like we've talked about this in previous podcasts but 
I've basically, um, I've basically kind of had to put off caffeine because it's like long-term effects on me just aren't beneficial as much as I enjoy, like when I'm in a creative mode, sure. I enjoy the rush. Like, because if I drink coffee and create, I feel like I'm on some kind of super serum where I'm just like, suddenly all the ideas come flowing and everything just starts clicking. I'm on the um, opposite end of that where okay. I feel like it's detrimental to my work habit where I have okay. so much energy that I'm just, it contributes to that ADD factor of, let me check Facebook. Let me check Twitter. Let me check my uh, Robin Hood account. Wow. Let me look at this book. Let me uh, see if there's any movie news going on. Oh, is there a new album out? Oh, da, da, da. oh, I should be reading this book. Oh, I need to go do this. What am I having for dinner? Like, and it becomes that like drive. It's the gasoline in the yep. ADD car. And I just I, like I can't seem to focus on anything. And I remember when I was doing my big weight loss thing, Coke Zero was a big part of it. Like I was definitely using that to help aiding my in my weight loss. But I was also sure. consciously trying to get off of caffeine and everything. So I was drinking Coke Zero uh with no caffeine in it there was there were certain ones which they don't have at the moment because coronavirus um has like affected production of soda or whatever like that so they don't right. have the caffeine free version right now so i'm kind of sucked on it but either way i was doing the caffeine free version and i was doing water a lot and i could tell i was a lot more settled and i could focus in on stuff and it was it, it's very hard once you get on that caffeine train to get back off like people do it with coffee and yeah. you know what I mean? Whether they're drinking iced coffee all day or they have to have their three cups of Joe in the morning before anyone talks to them. It, it's, it's definitely up there. So to me, that's my yeah, only experience absolutely. with any kind of substance. And it's all been, I, I don't want, yeah, it's bad. I guess I should have just, admitted. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to try to defend it. It's bad. So I'm curious to know from the two of you, if, there's any substances that you've dabbled with that you felt were um, productive in terms of creativity or even just production wise, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like how any of them have aided it. Not necessarily. I know 420 is technically supposed to be a holiday for marijuana, right? Not necessarily all I think, substances. I, I don't know I if they each yeah, have their yeah, own holiday, but <laughs> Danielle, would you happen to know a little bit better? Cause I feel like you might be a little bit more clued into that that aspect like that cultural aspect in regards to cannabis about the 420 thing yeah 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 uh yeah i think that's just a holiday um unfortunately i really recognized yet yeah unfortunately <laughs> and i looked into like the story about how it how it started but i can't remember i can't it was supposed I know to it be too but i can't remember it's... at the moment it had something yeah, to do with like 420 4... p.m. and then, right? Yeah, it was it was some kind of code like to buying marijuana. People would say like 420, but um, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know the whole whole story on that. But how how is it like? Because now I've I've searched the No Brow Apparel Instagram, and not to attach a stigma or anything like that, but there is a lot of tie dye. Uh, like colors and influence and stuff on some of the, the shirts that I saw. And that's usually associated with like the hippie movement and marijuana in general and stuff like that. So like, is that like a, a, a part of the brand that you were going for? Is that like the audience that you were trying to speak to? Like how has that particular, how has like marijuana been like a, a, a 
has it been a part of your of your brand and, and your business or is it just happy coincidence oh i mean for sure like when i first started out it was like pretty much all marijuana and i'm sure like like you were selling marijuana or you were selling- no. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like all like pretty much all the designs were marijuana influenced and so- i'm sure like consuming marijuana had a lot to do with that um with just like putting those ideas out yeah, let's but, talk about the process a little bit too, because um, basically, like Danielle would come up with the ideas for a lot of the designs, and then I would go off of her ideas, and then we'd have a back and forth of like, okay, here's what I'm thinking, you know, what do you think? And then she would, because uh, like she kind of in a way acts like the or acts as the CEO basically of the t-shirt company and sort of makes the final decisions on what designs are the ones that like go to print because she's the one who does the printing. And um, so I'm saying all that because it's basically, I don't know. How do you feel about me describing this, Danielle? Would you say like, essentially it's sort of like ping pong a little bit where it's, we kind of bat back and forth to each other, like how, how things go until we get to a final, a final design. Oh yeah, it's definitely a collaboration, for sure. How much and and now when you guys are talking about ping ponging ideas, are you stoned when you're doing like is like how <laughs> yeah. how is that how is that is, is marijuana involved in that process or is it just you had an idea when you were smoking, and then when you uh, what's the word is it sober it, technically when you're not high is sure that the correct sure. verbiage. Yeah. Is that when you you reflect back on the the time when you were high and then you were like, oh, that was an idea I had when I was high. That was fun. I remember that. It stuck with me. Like, kind of like a dream state. Like you wake up in the yep. morning and you're like, oh, that was a fun <laughs> dream. But I only remember that there was a warehouse and there were wooden crates and it said, you know, giant balloon on one of the crates. And that yeah. was what stuck with me. Like how, how yeah. does that work in terms of – because, again, I've never been high. I don't know what that sensation is like, how it affects your mindset or anything like that. So I'm just sure. trying to, to – Yeah, you want to take that question first, Danielle? Yeah. Um, let me just say uh, – I'm trying to think how to answer this. I don't think I would have started any of this had I not, like, started using marijuana, like, daily – because society isn't really encouraging people to be creative. So it wasn't it wasn't something that I like got into until I started smoking. But like I've had I've had ideas when I'm sober and then also I'll get ideas when I'm stoned too, but it's more of like I'll just kind of sit on them for a while and then like the next day when I'm sober I'll kind of go into them more. Yeah, that's uh, I, I like the way that you're putting that because um, <laughs> there is like a common um, what's the word like archetype for the stoner type of person where it's like you have stoner ideas where it's like midnight you're high off your ass and you're like well, what if the plants are the ones who are telling us what we need to do and then blah 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 and uh, <laughs> and there is a certain reality to um. Can okay, cannabis is kind of a. I would describe it as a multifaceted drug, 
it has a lot of dimensions to it in the sense that well because there's two versions right there's the and i'm gonna butcher this sativa no, go for it. sativa and oh god what's the other one they're like one's an indica. upper one's a downer or something right kind of uh yeah there's sativa and indica That's sativa it. is considered sativa is considered like the mental high or um I, you know, I, I, I can't even tell you properly which is which. Okay. Because people will say like, oh, sativa is this, and but I describe sativa as like a cup of coffee to me. I get very mentally energized and I start thinking a lot, and um, I'm also more active, like more physically active, or want to do stuff. Indica for me is more. Um, like I want to be lazy and sit on the couch and watch 2001: A Space Odyssey for like the 15th time, and then get you know munchies and then just like sit there and you know eat popcorn. So, <laughs> yeah, I love indica. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's and that's why I say it's multifaceted because um, there are. Like you're saying, depending on the strain, you have different. You there are different impacts on your psychology, um, but also it can be. I don't. You, have you ever heard the term "set and setting"? No. Set and setting is a way of defining. Um, this is something. This is language that was brought up in the counterculture, and uh, I want to. I'm going to credit it to Dr. Timothy Leary. I don't know if it actually is his idea but he was definitely one of the people who popularized it uh timothy larry was a guy who one of the main influences on the counterculture of the 60s who brought lsd into popularity okay. and he he brought about he popularized this idea called set and setting which is that the impact of a um like a psychotropic drug is directly based on where you are at the time and what how you're set up for the trip basically hmm. so like this applies not just to acid or shrooms or what any of the other entheogens but it also applies to marijuanas too too like if you're in a bad mood and by the way i would say this is the same for alcohol if you're in a bad mood and you do any of these drugs you could probably apply it to caffeine too you're going to amplify that bad mood sure like you're going to amplify your situation i don't do you have any uh, do you have anything that you would want to add to that danielle yeah i mean i would definitely say that it exposes your subconscious to you so if you're going through something that you don't that you don't really want to deal with and you partake in this substance then it's you're gonna have to face it head on pretty much <laughs> So it, it's not really a way to escape, which isn't that usually what a lot of people try to do is like they try to escape yeah. their problems well, by smoking up or something like that. Like if so, how, how does that rationale work? <laughs> I think that's one of the misunderstandings about it is like, I mean, for me, it doesn't numb me. For me, it like I have to explore myself with it, which it's it's therapeutic for me, okay. but maybe not for other people. Okay, that's fair. Um, so I'm curious to know because um, and Matt, let me let me redirect really quick to you. Yeah, is sure. there like did you create anything that right off the top of your head from something that had like a thought that pro 
like pass through your head when you were high because right off the my, right off the top of my head a a warlock from a trailer park is not something <laughs> i think that anyone could come up with sober but you're welcome to correct me on that and then that's surprisingly, my surprisingly <laughs> surprisingly all that all that stuff started before i ever got into pot okay. like uh yeah all that stuff was all that stuff was influenced by writers who were stoners, though. So. Okay, so then it's secondhand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm curious to know, like, it, for, and this is for both of you. Do you um, do you find that you're more creative when you you've smoked, or uh, or, or even just taking it in? Like, I guess the brownies are a thing and all that kind of jazz. But, um, like, it, it, is it actually some kind of a creative fuel, or does it open you up to different possibilities? And then when you come back down off of it, the question is, do you ever look at it and go, yeah, I'm not using that idea because that's nonsensical. <laughs> uh, you want to take that first, Neil? Yeah, um, definitely. I would definitely say it gives me a lot of creative juice. But then again, like you said, I, I'll come up with all kinds of ideas. And then the next day I'm like, wow, that's really stupid. Like, <laughs> Only if you're high would that be great, a but great idea. But sometimes that that would be the idea, right? That's the ideal. Is like you're appealing to like if that's your 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 business demographic, then you'd be like, that's yeah, a horrible idea for other people, but for for who I'm, who my audience is, like that's perfect. Yeah, that's true. I guess another part of it is like coming up with all of these ideas, and then the next day or not even it's not even like coming up with ideas when you're high when you're high versus when you're not high and then just kind of sitting on those ideas and then just kind of like wading through them and saying okay maybe not this idea let's let's chunk that one and go back to the the drawing board so to speak pick pick up pick them apart and say that's a really cool aspect of this idea that i came right. up with I'm right take that and i'll apply it to something else interesting interesting yeah so, i mean i would to to go on go on to your question Joe. um i would say that anytime that i have done cannabis i have explicitly done it under the notion that i'm not going to be i'm not going to be productive mm. for the next like however long this is, which is usually between two to five hours. And so I, and I have tried to be productive yeah. on, on weed and it doesn't work for me. Like the, I know there are people for whom like they have to get high to be productive basically, or like it enhances their productivity. I can't relate to it. I don't know how they do it. I haven't figured that out. I don't um, know either. I have tried it in the past, like uh, when I was coloring plants versus zombies and I would get into states where I'm like focusing on like singular pixels and like, <laughs> wait a minute, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I don't like I need a pull out. What is going on here? And then I end up putting putting away my work because I can't concentrate. So um, but it has been great for coming up with ideas later on where it's like the next day maybe something that I was thinking about or something that was kind of going on in the back of my head while I was like watching Looney Tunes or something, mm. you know, while I'm, while I'm just laying in bed and uh, doing whatever, like something comes out. Now, here's the other thing, though. I will say 
cooking is a totally different thing. Cooking while high, <laughs> that is where the magic happens. <laughs> like, oh, throw out the recipe books, just like because <laughs> it's in the, in that state when you're like. If you're in like munchy state, like mm-hmm. it's there's this automatic connection that happens between brain and like the re- the internal recipe list where you just like come up with weird things that work out, <laughs> you know. All right, I highly recommend. It. That's all I'll say. <laughs> See, that's that's the thing with me because you know me, I love to cook, and yeah. when I'm when I'm thinking like that's how my brain functions normally, and that's actually yeah. a topic that I wanted to bring up with you guys, which was yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, graham cracker fucking chicken tenders. <laughs> oh, wow. It was what, delicious. Was it like broccoli and bacon cheese or whatever? What uh, was it? It, was, it was graham cracker crusted fried chicken with a side of sugar steamed broccoli topped with bacon cheddar sauce. Um, yeah, that's fucking stoner food. That, <laughs> see, but that's the thing. And like I said, I have never smoked once in my life i've been around people but i don't even think i've gotten a contact high like um and so like that's the kind of shit that my brain comes up with normally so i'm almost afraid that if i ever dabbled (laughs) it would be the weirdest things where i'd be like i'm gonna make fried chicken coated in fruit loops like it'd just be like completely batshit crazy um but i'm curious to know like do you do you think that it's almost like cheating to, to use a substance or something like that because for the longest time I was very ignorant with it and I was just like oh I don't need to do any of this because I am go- there's more merit in doing it by yourself that's the hard way and da 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 but nowadays I'm a little bit more chill about it I'm just like whatever fucking works and gets your best stuff as long as you're not hurting yeah, anybody uh, that's the best way to go about it like I'm curious I'll, to know I'll your guys' thoughts on that yeah I'll reply and then Danielle you, um, I would, I'd love to hear what you had to say too but I'll just say like I don't my personal view on this is I don't think any artist or creative person or whoever needs to do drugs at all. Mm. Like I don't, you could go your life and never do drugs and you'll be just fine. You know, um, there, I think for certain personality types or certain people who have a ten, maybe people who have a tendency to go into more abstract places, it could, it could benefit you. Sure. But at the same time, it does come it does come with inherent risks. Mm. Um, there is an indication statistically uh, in terms of just studies that have been done that for certain individuals, cannabis can trigger uh, Latin schizophrenia. Um, cannabis can can bring on depression for certain people, uh, can wow. cause paranoia. There are definite, there are definite side effects to using it, and it's important to go into using any substance with full knowledge of the effects it could have on you personally. I had because no if and I I personally look at this as it, you're creating a relationship with a substance. Like we all have sure. in this group right here, we all have a relationship with caffeine, right? Um. And I have, <laughs> I have, I have a relationship every once in a while with marijuana, with pot, and sometimes I have a relationship with shrooms, and those are each different, very different re- relationships that have different aspects that either um, have an impact on me, like personally, psychologically, creatively, or intellectually. 
So um, I'll leave it at that for my response. Danielle, what, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, like, for me personally, um, marijuana. Okay, so I have some mental health issues. Like, I have depression and anxiety. And also, I have really bad back pain. So for me, marijuana, it helps me to basically just function without having to use like pills and whatnot so I don't I wouldn't say that it it's like cheating I would just say like for me it's it's medicine so that, but I'm I'm so like you're talking about like day-to-day function I'm talking about like creatively it, would you say that it's it's like something that's aided your creativity like have you thought of things while you were high that you never would have thought of sober do you know or like and i'm talking i never answered your question no 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 it's absolutely fine i'm I'm just curious to know like the the direction in which it takes you is it just apples and oranges or is it like there is a a step above logical sober thinking that it can elevate you to i'm just curious to know your your opinions on that yeah danielle see you go first, Danielle. Do you feel like it's cheating to use pot to uh, enhance uh, creativity? I, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know because I have, I mean, I have creative thoughts when I'm sober and when I'm high too. So, I mean, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I was going to argue it might be cheating to be creative now, not, not on pot. <laughs> yeah, I mean. No, it's, a... it's. I, I would I would make the argument that they're kind of lateral moves because it's different forms of creativity and also like stoner like stoner art is might only be appealing sometimes to stoner people <laughs> so well you know yeah. what I mean like I can I can actually and this is the thing and I I I, I started us off by saying that I am quote unquote straight edge. Um, never done any substance other than caffeine, I guess you could say. And yet I will openly admit to anyone who will listen, some stoner movies are some of my favorite fucking flicks. And no one seems to understand why, because I used to be very adamantly against all substance. Like I was like a Nazi, like do not drink, do not smoke weed. Like I was crazy hardcore about it. I think even when we were in college, Rainwater, I think you might have remembered that was (laughs) that was a little bit a cornerstone of my personality back then. But like that movie, How High with Method Man and Red Man is like one of my favorite fucking movies. (laughs) And no one can get an understanding how that like I'm a walking contradiction when it comes to it. So it's like, you know, I guess there are there are things that about it that have always appealed to me. And it's kind of like one of those things where people just like run away from things that they're curious about. And I, I like I'm I've always said that if the opportunity presented itself, well, not always, um, but more recently, I would be open to doing it if I felt like I was in a comfortable setting with people that I trusted. Oh, yeah. Um, that is uh, that is that is a wise decision. I would recommend that to anybody who's going to do something for the first time. Absolutely. Yeah, and but yeah, the, the, sure. the the downside is is now that I got a kid and my wife is very much, oh yeah my wife is very much on the uh, no you don't kind of train <laughs> because <laughs> oh. uh, so uh, you know it's one of those things where you know she's not necessarily an artist so 
that's why I'm kind of interested about it because you brought that point up, Matt, where it's like you could go the entire time as an artist, like a lifetime, and never do drugs. But, it, you know, it's a commonly talked about thing within the art community. It doesn't matter what medium you dabble in. Like marijuana yep. is tep- is like one of those things that runs kind of rampant in the art community. Like every artist is interested in some kind of substance. You talk, you can talk about right. writers. Writers are, are supposed to be alcoholics. You know what I mean? Like right. everybody, like that's the that's the stereotype. And so, as an artist who's always been, and again, not always by choice, straight edge for thirty five years of my life. It's always been that other, that other side of the fence that every that I feel like everybody else is dancing and partying on, and I'm the guy, you know, just sitting in his yard alone, <laughs> going, I can make art too, you know. I don't need, I don't need drugs to have fun, and <laughs> it's one of those things where I, I am very curious about it. Um, so I gotta ask uh, another question, which is, yeah. oh shit, now I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> um, oh, oh uh, so I was going to ask uh, the, the, the other thing, which was if there were any other drugs that you like, Matt, you mentioned shrooms. Um, right. But if there's any other things that you've done that you found helped you in a different creative way from marijuana. So like marijuana takes you in one direction and shrooms probably takes you in another. Have you ever compared and contrasted the thoughts that you have on different substances and, sure. you know, there's like one particular type because and I'm going to get to this in a minute. I'm going to let you guys answer this, but I'm also going to in the uh, chat for this recording session. I just sent a link to this article that I found about an artist who drew oh, yeah. portraits of 50 days on 50 different drugs. So I'm curious. I love that. Yeah, I want, yeah, I want to know. Cool. I want to know your guys's perspectives first, but then uh, I want you to definitely open up that window if you can. So we can talk about his different portraits, but go ahead and talk about your different experiences first. Yeah. Do you want to, uh, do you, how do you feel about going with that first, Danielle? Okay. What are we doing? The, uh, not the, the article artist. first. We're talking about personal experiences first, and then we'll jump into the artist. Unless you think that the artist will, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have tried 50 different drugs. There's a pretty long no. list. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I've kind of tried a lot of drugs, but I don't know about 50. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say I've never, I've never done shrooms like Matt has. Um, I've only microdosed psilocybin. I will say that like that will give me more like energy to like finish like projects and stuff. Um, whereas marijuana will, it's more of like a, a headspace type thing where I can just kind of. Uh, like adventures through my own mind yeah just relax and like come up with the ideas can i um, can i interrupt you for a quick question to ask both you and matt yeah. this question matt we've talked before and i think it was episode it's episode two the notorious episode where we looped for three four hours or whatever about knowing when to stop <laughs> Um, Anybody who is listening to that while they're high. (laughs) But the question that I wanted to ask was the question that I wanted to ask both of you is as an artist, there is a tendency to constantly keep working on a project because I think we all know it's almost never perfect and we'll keep working until we run ourselves into the ground. Is marijuana almost a way because it does relax you, as you guys have said, 
um, a way for an artist to kind of step back and and turn off the uh, that that driving force in their head that says you have to keep working on this, you got to keep working on it. It's almost like it's an escape from your your self starter notion that you have to be working, you have to get this done. It's got to be what you see in your head. Is marijuana kind of like the solvent of that's that exactly, problem? That's exactly how I've used it in the past because. Um, I would get into sort of frenzied work states to the point where it's like I can't relax for the evening. Yeah. So like usually if I've ever done cannabis, it's in the evening because it's like as a way to help myself just like chill out and step away from work so that I can like go enjoy things, enjoy other art and like especially music. I really love listening to music high um, because it makes – it it just for whatever reason seems to enhance um, my ability to discern different instruments and mm. the composition and all this all the stuff that goes into making music. Um, so I would for me like my best use my personal best use case for cannabis is it allows me to better enjoy like culture, enjoy art, enjoy food. It's a very, from my perspective, it's a very hedonistic in it, in, in as a drug. Like it makes everything kind of more enhanced. Uh, what do you? What about you, Danielle? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I love like watching films when I'm high and just like dissecting them, and like also like the colors are more vibrant and everything. So it's definitely like hedonistic in that sense i guess because you just i feel like i can enjoy it so much more now so i'm curious because that used to be one of the sticking points like a contention with me when i I remember when we were in art college when me and matt were at scad yeah and i remember specifically uh spider-man 3 was coming out and this was to our listeners this was before we knew what we were getting into um (laughs) everybody was psyched for that fucking movie um, but I just remember that was quite a night too, because we were all like, "What the fuck are we watching?" <laughs> well, the thing, and that's the point that I wanted to bring up was, I remember I don't remember who said it specifically. I don't think it was anybody in our group, but it was somebody that I knew. It was like, "I am getting so fucking high and going to this movie." And now it's a it's a Sam Raimi <laughs> movie to begin with, so it's a little bonkers and out there. But like, there's also bold, vivid colors. And I, I got to yeah. imagine that that uh, that high that that was pretty crazy. But then I'm thinking to myself, yeah. doesn't that get a little distracting? Like you don't get to absorb the film and the theme and the narrative and stuff as well as you would sober. Like it, I almost felt like it's a, it's a detriment to watch a film high the first time. Like I, I understand watching on like repeat viewings, doing it in different states where you would be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I could watch that movie like. When Rainwater dragged me to uh, Speed Racer, I fucking was dragged kicking and screaming. But in retrospect, I loved that movie when I came out of it. He'll, he'll even tell you. I, he totally flipped me when I watched that movie. But when I watch it now, I'm thinking to myself, man, if I watch this high, I would never know what the fuck is going on because the colors and the, the racing and all that stuff is fucking crazy. So I'm wondering... <laughs> Is it bad to watch a movie like that high the first time? Do you know what I mean? Like, because it, it, it definitely fucks oh. with your would it fuck with your understanding of what's happening? Or does it does you? I, I'm that's just a good question. The, first, yeah, that's a really good question. And that kind of uh, 
that kind of answers the reason why I watch movies like 10 times because like I usually watch them high the first time. Um, yeah. So there's this movie called Calm with Horses. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I not. But it's, and it also has another name called The Shadow of Violence, I think. But anyways, it's just a really like, it's just like the visuals are really beautiful and it has a really good like uh, music score. Mm. And, but every time I would watch it high and I would, I would watch it like, I think I, I think I've seen that movie like 10 times, but that kind of just goes into what you're saying with like, each time I would watch it, I would go into like the visual elements. Like the second time I would go into like the music, the musical elements. And then the third time I would go into like, the acting and like the the different people so i kind of went on a tangent forgot what the question was uh if you feel like it, it's it's harming your viewing experience just to be you know out of i don't want to say out of your mind but high when you're watching something like a narrative on the initial thing like does it shape your opinion the wrong way because like there's been times when my my idealism when it comes to filmmaking is if you sit down for a movie it and you mm -hmm. have a you're in a particular mood like for example i was i sat down and started watching uh the film i think it's district nine it's a neil blomkamp movie do you know what i'm talking about yeah I yeah i think i've heard of it i started watching district nine when i was at work at uh when i was working for espn i was watching a render thing go and i was pissed because i had to be at work on a saturday and I wasn't able to see my girlfriend and my grandfather was in the hospital. Halfway through that movie, my grandfather died. So I was affected by that, like that, that the yeah. circumstances yeah. of which I was watching that movie. So I will not watch that movie anymore because all I associated with it is those bad feelings. My grandfather died. I'm yeah. stuck at work. This is a drain. Blah, blah, blah. And I can't watch that movie without, you know, getting hit with that, that experience all over again. So I'm wondering you know, the initial experience, is it, does it affect your enjoyment of a movie that you wouldn't have? I mean, I guess I, I'm answering my own question by, because external circumstances can shape how anybody is when they're watching. A right. movie, so you really need to kind of decide it. But I think with substances, you're making a decision to go into watching it like that. With me, I did not decide to go to work. I did not decide to have my grandfather yeah. die that day. So I, I'm just curious to know if it's a detriment to watch or consume like art and storytelling when yeah. high for the first time because it'll shape would, your initial uh, impression. You know what I mean? Like first impressions. That's yeah. that's the thing. That's another – that is – I would say that's another example of set and setting where it's like how you're going yeah. into it definitely impacts it. And then depending on the substance that you have in your system, that's going to further amplify it. But um, I, there's I've seen a bunch of movies in theaters high uh, when I was in Portland and never want to watch a never ever again am I gonna watch a superhero movie high. <laughs> I watched <laughs> I watched several superhero movies high in the theater and after a while I started thinking I was like watching CIA propaganda and like <laughs> got got way 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 into the rabbit hole. <laughs> Of like trying to put pick everything apart thematically in the movie was and that, like and that's damn. marijuana or was that another drug? That was marijuana. See, and that's I, straight up. Cannabis. I didn't know that that marijuana could take you down that rabbit hole. I was thinking that's like step oh, pure yeah. LSD or something. No, no, Mar And this is actually like um, 
I, there's a lot of there's a lot of historic evidence about marijuana's impact on people who, especially people who get very like into major political affiliations. It can impact um, it can impact you negatively. It can make you kind of paranoid. And so like this is why I was that I was bringing this up earlier that you have to be careful with substances because if you're not in a if you're not in a great like mental state yeah. and like during a lot of my time in Portland, I was not in a great mental state. So like I, there were a couple of movies where I was like seeing things in the movie where I was just like, that weren't really there, you know? Okay. Um, Oh yeah. Like, and I, when I say seeing things, I don't mean like literally seeing things, but like pulling thing, pulling elements out of the plot, sure. pulling, making messages that weren't really the messages of the, are the themes of the movie or whatever. Okay. Uh, on the other hand, like I watched Interstellar high and it was <laughs> one, of the best, one of the best experiences ever. I'm one sure that would movies. probably make the movie make more sense because I've seen that movie sober and I fucking hate it. And that's probably it's, why. <laughs> it's really interesting because there's a, there's a segment of that movie uh, when Matthew McConaughey goes into the, to the black hole. I knew that's where uh, you going. And, and you see time like, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, meshed out in this weird pattern. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of. It reminded me a lot of what it's like to trip on shrooms, mm-hmm. uh, because on shrooms time dilates in kind of odd and fascinating ways. And when I was watching it, and I was high when I was watching, it, I was like, did the people who did the special effects for this like did they trip on shrooms and like, this is like influencing their creative, you know, yeah. interpretation, of what this would look like. Um, so that's like a positive example. Right. Cause like I started with a negative example that was like, you know, CIA propaganda campaign. And then the positive example is like seeing how uh, it, you know, seeing how it's possible, like the line of influence of different things on art or the impact of different things on art. Because well, um, the interesting so, thing to me is when you're watching a movie, the whole idea is suspension of disbelief, like doing things where the audience isn't going to think, oh, I'm watching a movie where I feel like when you're watch- watching it on like a substance, you don't you have less risk of getting pulled out of the movie. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like you're you're more likely to just buy whatever the movie is selling and yes. just be like, whoa, like you're in it. That there's definitely movies that are like that, um, and for me personally, they happen to tend to be more musical in nature. Like, like, like musical Horror musicals. Show High. Oh, okay. Yeah, like Rocket Horror High is like one of the best things ever for me. <laughs> like, I, I last time I did that, like I was like, I need to come up with a musical. I need to make a musical. <laughs> like, it was a very, very life-affirming experience. But what, Danielle? How about you? What do you have anything else to say in in regards to that subject? Uh, about uh, like movies and well, just yeah. Are you going to take or, it to art? Yeah. Music in general. Uh, sorry, I kind of spaced out. What? So like, no, I think we were just talking about like the initial impression factor. Uh, like if yeah. it's if it's better to Being watch it the like, first time high or if it's if it's kind of negative to watch it first time high. I'm just cu- I'm just curious to know your opinion on it. Yeah, no, I don't I don't know why, but like anytime a new movie comes out that that I'm really excited about, like my first thought is, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get high and watch this movie. Yeah, like the the Green Knight. Um, 
I think that comes out in in July. Like, the first thing I want to do is I want to get high and I want to watch that movie. I will say, yeah, you, both you and me watched uh, Once Upon a Time of Ho- Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The first time we watched it, we watched it stoned, and the best movie to watch stoned because <laughs> yeah. The- the scenes where like Brad Pitt's just driving through Los Angeles just feels like the most like chilled out summertime yeah. like thing. It, like I felt very much in that scene during that movie. But I've watched it sober too, and there it's a great movie both ways. You know, like I, I I wouldn't complain either way. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me personally, it just enhances the experience because I don't. When I'm sober and I'm watching movies, it's it's really hard for me to concentrate. I don't know why, but maybe it's just a part of like being high and in that like leisurely state that I can get more into the movie. Okay. Interesting. All right. So I sent you guys that article um about the the artist who did 50 self-portraits <laughs> off of 50 drugs. Uh his name was Brian Lewis Saunders. And this was done in 1995, so this is quite old. But um, yeah, because I I remember seeing this article back in SCAD. I, I think I've seen it a couple of times. It's really cool, though. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Joe? Uh, nothing. So I just wanted to go through the paintings one by one, yeah. or the drawings one by one, and maybe All right. if you guys have had any experience uh, with these particular substances, feel free to chime in. Um, or just, yeah, you know, talk about it. your your impressions of uh, of what he actually did. So the first one right off the bat is acid. Yeah, I'm I've looking never at this, taken... and that's some scary shit. I, I've never um... taken an active dose of, of acid. And, and by active, I mean enough to actually, like, uh, be on a trip. Okay. But I've seen a couple of different things like this with people who have done acid, and... I still don't really know, like, what that space is like. Mm. I get the sense that, because I've heard people talk about being able to sense energy or auras or whatever. Like, they see. Definitely. Like, Charlie Murphy. <laughs> yeah. They, they see, like, they see people as energy and stuff. And that's what I get from looking at that picture, where it's, like, yeah. everything kind of, uh, like, matter kind of dislocates a little bit. And it becomes more... I guess about energy. I don't <laughs> I've never yeah. been that high. I can't say I've been that high. Um, I've tripped on acid once and I can confirm this image is is a lot like the experience. Wow. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of everything is energy pretty much. That's how I would put it. And it, it was a really pleasant experience, even though this picture looks kind of like sinister yeah the black like eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with the the, yeah. the white pupil is very yeah. off-putting and then the pepsi yeah. logo on his nose is not doing anything for me either the pepsi <laughs> <laughs> see that's the kind of shit that i see that, into this that's propaganda <laughs> <laughs> um all right so then scrolling down uh the very next entrance is ritalin and that actually uh, looks pretty good <laughs> Yeah. Although he snorted um, it, that's that's he he does list the intake, uh, format. Yeah, I mean, I would say Ritalin. I've 
dabbled in Ritalin a bit, I would just say it really helps you concentrate and gives you a lot of energy. And I mean, it looks like he's got a lot of, um, I mean, what's it called? There's like a lot of detail kind of. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely There's like a lot of focus for sure. Yeah. On, yeah. Especially on the face. Yeah. Uh, the face has a lot of very focused. Okay. So I'm looking at the next one, which is marijuana and I cannot <laughs> help but laugh because uh, it it's, I, I don't know how to describe it because I mean, there's weird, there's a rainbow hair. Um, with a photograph cutout of maybe this guy as a kid, and it looks like it's Ash Wednesday on his forehead, and that he did the rest of it in finger paints with, and then he and then he put like his car key on a string and made that a necklace. It, can anyone explain to me what what the thought process might have been when going into this? Yeah, I um, don't, it's very. Go ahead, Daniel. Oh, I, I was just saying. I want to know what kind of weed he was smoking because this kind is... bud. Does that does that ring a bell? That's kind. what's listed above. Uh, kind bud. Hmm. Doesn't sound familiar to anybody. No. Okay. I've never tried it. Yeah, like Danielle said, I'd love to know what that what that is. <laughs> um, I mean, I I don't I don't. It's a very like childish kind of portrait. Yeah. And so I get the sense that whatever he was feeling must have been very loose and just like, eh, whatever, you know, yeah. but also, yeah. but also it seems like a lot of the things on here are very symbolic. Mm. Like the key seems like a very symbolic thing. It must represent something to him. Uh, the, what looks like a pot leaf on his forehead, I'm assuming is symbolizing like how it's influencing his mind right now. Okay. And then the bloodshot eyes. I'm gonna, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna go out on a limb and go kind of where you were saying with the 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 picture uh, of the kid is probably him as a kid, and maybe that's a reference to how it, this is him being very like being childishly creative. Mm. I don't know. Oh, maybe it almost looks like he's got like good vibrations coming out of his head. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to describe. It. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? Good vibrations is a great way to describe it because if you notice the um. The goatee is shaped like a heart, so it's almost like he's yeah. speaking oh. love, and you know what I mean, like good vibes yeah. and that kind of stuff. So that's hence yeah. the like bright, vibrant colors too. Yeah. But then we go to one glass of Pruno. Now I've never I even, even heard of is. Pruno. I yeah. don't know what that is. Given what the painting looks like, I don't think I want to know what Pruno is because right? it looks like a weird cross with uh. his face reflecting in it, and I also see. His nipples and, uh, yeah, that's a. Strange... It almost looks like he's in a grave or something. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that too. It reminds me of a lot of po uh, pre World War Two abstract expressionism art. Like, uh, yeah, it looks. It does not look like a good mood. <laughs> well, no. I also like how he there's like a, almost like a newspaper print on the side next to it where it says Pruno. And then in parentheses below it says "See reverse for instructions." I don't know. I don't know what that means, but okay. Um, I don't think I'll try Pruno. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so either. Forty or four? Excuse me, four milligrams of Risperidol. I don't know if I pronounced I that correctly. I've heard of this before, it's but I don't know anything about it. Um, is that like an antidepressant? Maybe. Maybe? It sounds very uh, 
controlled substances or, kind yeah. of kind of name. So I'm gonna guess that four milligrams is like way above um, <laughs> scribe dose. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the painting it's or the painting the portrait I guess is him as a very very simplistic drawing, um, and he's surrounded by a kind of a cool multicolored circle vibrancy. Yeah. And then he's got typed out thoughts going. It's almost like a thought web, like a like you know how we used to do in school, yeah. where it was like draw a circle and then you draw these thoughts off of it, and that's just kind of where he's going. I don't, I don't. Yeah, know. it's like all the all the words are re refre referencing like psychological, um, I guess psychological disorders. Yeah, schizotypal yeah, personality disorder. Yeah. Hmm. That looks intense. Um, yeah. That looks like I. Yeah. I really don't have a. I don't have a one-to-one -one comparison, but um, it doesn't look necessarily bad. But it looks super analytical from mm. what yeah. I'm seeing. It's almost anxiety-inducing yes. in a weird way. I yeah. would say the same. And it, and despite the vibrancy of colors going around him, it feels very bland because of the 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 paper yeah. that's surrounding it is it's almost like it's been drenched in rainwater. No, no pun intended to the two of you, <laughs> um, but it looks like it's been sitting out in the rain and then brought back inside and dried. Like that's the kind of like vibe that I'm yeah. getting from it. Um, then the, whatever the next day was, he did 250 milligrams of Soma. I don't know what Soma is. I don't know. What, Soma I don't... is a, it's a muscle relaxant. Oh, I get that vibe because it looks once again yeah. Kind, yeah. Of, kind of childish, but it's almost like he's melting. It's him in a bathtub. Yeah, he's, he's very drippy and relaxed. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I want my muscles to feel drippy. That's that's and that's <laughs> that's one of the biggest things. Not to get not to get off of this topic, but um, that's one of my biggest things about substances is I am fucking afraid of the wet things that I might feel. Um, yeah. I am a very controlling person by nature. I just, I don't like to be out of my comfort zone. So the idea of relaxing too much <laughs> scares me. <laughs> um, so well, and there's a lot to be, uh, going to, going to cannabis. There is a lot to be said that a lot of people tend to have, um, especially early on, they tend to have like, not necessarily freakouts, but moments of panic. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times those moments of panic come from trying to resist the substance coming on which is it's a losing battle because like literally just because of biochemistry you can't do anything about it once it's in like yeah once you eat an yeah. edible there is a point that most people experience if they eat an edible because you go about 30 minutes maybe an hour it's like ah, this isn't really doing anything and then suddenly like you start to feel it creep in you're like oh shit you know like everything starts to like you start to feel, uh, you start to hear music differently. You start to, your thought patterns seem differently. And if you're not ready for it, it can be, it could be potentially a moment of panic for a lot of people. Yeah. Which is why sometimes you get a lot of advice of like, well, you just relax and settle into it. Don't fight it. Just let it, you know, wash Easier over. Easier said than done. Mm. Um. So yeah, so we're talking about marijuana. The next one is marijuana. It's something called G thirteen. Um, not not that I, I don't know if you guys would know about like the particular strain because there's hundreds, uh, if not thousands, not of strains. G13. Correct? Like weird. I say that yeah. 
like names like some of them are like so called, like, many john stramos and you know like all kinds of crazy <laughs> made-up names that people come up with. yeah it's almost yeah. like different flavors but i'm 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 confused to to know why there are different strains. Does it taste different when there's a different? Like I'm confused. I don't know anything about it. I have a I have a friend who's like I would call a weed sommelier, and he can detect that stuff. I can't really. There are different there are different aromatics. Like they smell okay. differently uh, one from the other, and apparently the different aromatics also um, can indicate like the particularities of like the chemical structure of the THC, which is the active element in cannabis. Um, so I guess to answer your question, I would say there must be some, there must be some sort of definitive like difference between strains. Cause just to further go on in this tangent, there is, I would say this is kind of legend, but <laughs> There is talk about how weed apparently in the 60s or previously before now was much stronger than weed that we have now because the cannabis plant has been bred for specific traits over time. And because of that breeding, apparently it's affected to some degree like um, the kind of effects people have from it Mm. because there's been a lot of like in older media, the the notion that I seem to get from weed is that people would have more visual, like visual effect, visual hallucination. I've, I've only ever had that once. And it was like a really high, high dose. Mm. And I unfortunately watched the series finale of 30 rock while on it. And like, (laughs) that was the only time that I've said that I've watched something and hallucinated because I saw things in the series finale of 30 rock that I do not think were there. Like, like leprechauns and werewolves, <laughs> oh, and weird. I, like secret messages that I was like, this isn't, this cannot possibly be happening. Cause a, it's not funny. And then B, like, why would anybody watch this? Like, um, uh, I'm curious to go know, because Danielle, you mentioned that you, you smoke for, or you consume marijuana frequently. I don't know how you go about it, uh, ingesting it, but, I'm curious to know, um, do you typically keep with one particular strain and do you see, uh, is it chaotic in terms of the effects that it has or is it pretty consistent? That's something I'm curious about. Like, do you have like, like if you do the same strain of marijuana, you know, a hundred times in a row, is it usually the same experience or is it a roll of the dice every time? I'm, I'm very curious to know because th- like maybe that's what the different strains are about, I, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So I take edibles every night pretty much. And the guy that I get them from, I don't know what strain they are particularly. Um, But yeah, I would say it's the same experience across the board with when you're doing the same strain. Um, Me and Matt were talking about this the other night. We... I have like some chocolates and some caramels and apparently these caramels are a different strain or they're just like a higher milligram because Mm. me and Matt both had like a pretty uncomfortable experience with them. But I'm assuming it's because of the, the dosage is an extremely high dosage. Okay. Um, So we're looking back at the paintings of the, the portraits guy. 
and I'm looking at G13, and feel free to speak if you've had that particular strain, but uh, that does not look fun. Uh, it does look very <laughs> similar to what, what Matt was talking about with uh, the interstellar concept of time and all the strings yeah. and everything. It, it, that reminds me of that, but he does not look like a, that. That, to me, even though it's marijuana, says bath salts. Like, if I didn't know which drug, <laughs> yeah. which drug he had taken despite the pot leaf on his forehead... I would have said bath salts because that looks disturbing. Yeah, that's too much. I'm not, I'm not trying I mean, to do I that. Get the, I get the sense from this picture that he has, I guess, experienced some sort of transformative experience. Like, I, he oh. seems... not. It doesn't necessarily look like bliss, but it looks like some kind of intellectual um, peak, mm. basically. Is that's that's what I get from it. Like, there's a lot of focus on intellect, especially with the canvas squarely on his forehead, which was something that was in the other picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah it almost looks religious now that you say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get the. There is a so that's not necessarily pleasurable, but it's like um, I don't know. Must be powerful. Must have been a yeah, powerful. some kind of epiphany. Yeah, interesting. All right. Uh, this next one, I don't. I, I wish my little sister was on this podcast because she knows all about this from her days in the hospital. Uh, morphine, morphine four. I don't know if the, how there's different different uh, dosages unknown, but he looks like a rock. He looks dead. He looks like a rock monster from Neverending Story, um, <laughs> mixed with Stonehenge. Like that. There's like a mix of that. Um. Yeah, I'm I don't trying know. to figure out what it looks like. It's um, like it's cut out or something, like the like collage. Yeah, it looks like a Ooh. collage method that he used to put it together. That's the other thing. That's what's. That's another thing that I was thinking about and forgot to really mention these other uh, paintings is that the methods that he's using for each one might speak to something about how he's feeling on each. Like, oh, yeah, yeah um, he's not using point. the same media every time. It's, mm -mm. it's 100%. Nope. I'm curious to know. I wish I could ask him that if it was if he just had all different materials and he chose which one based off the vibe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't necessarily know what that means to like, you know, use using that cut out or collage style. But it does seem to um, indicate some kind of feeling of like not f totally together or like uh, you know what i mean like yeah. kind of fractured yeah well to see to me only this is just based off of my understanding of morphine and never having had it um yeah you're it, it numbs you to the point where you don't really feel anything like physically and i almost feel like yeah. when you're on that kind of a feeling it's like oh i'm invincible like I, you know what i mean you can't hurt me and he looks very stone yeah. here like it's like not stone like a rock like he's yeah yeah very oh very, that's a good yeah. point that, it's that's very morbid yeah it's yeah it's almost like if yeah you're invulnerable you're dead yeah um so the next one Ooh. i don't i'm not going to pronounce this correctly psilocybin mushrooms Two yeah you got it on, did <laughs> I, first try did i really <laughs> Um, yeah, you got it. To me, I'm looking at this, and this must be what people who are afraid of clowns see when, <laughs> when they see a clown. Um, I don't particularly have oh that phobia, but I might if I if this is what I saw. Wow. Uh, yeah. 
What's funny about this picture is this is pretty accurate with the feeling <laughs> of shrooms. Like wow. I would, I would, de- I describe every time I've taken shrooms, I've described it as you enter into shroom space, and shroom space is like, it's like Looney Tunes. Everything becomes way more animated. Plants seem like they're animated. Like, uh, like, like old like old cartoon animated like they're gonna like have a big smile on their face and dance around the place you know? like wow. uh it's really interesting too because he had he indicates on this picture all this patterning and something that is very much um a part of a lot of shroom experiences is that you start to see you start to see patterns form in odd places like uh i've looked up in the sky and seen like um geodesic patterns on the sky or um he pays a lot of attention to his beard hair yeah and that's very particular with shrooms because one of the effects of psilocybin is that uh it it enhances your visit your visual acuity and it's one of the first things you really notice as it starts to come on is you start to like really stare intensely at really finely detailed things and you can notice in ways you wouldn't notice with normal vision, like how detailed things are. Hmm. Like not necessarily like you can like your eyes don't become microscopes necessarily, but it just like it for whatever reason enhances your ability to pay more attention to all the little fractal details of ordinary life. So let me pick your pick both of your brains about this then. So then oddly enough, mushrooms like we were talking about where like even with pot it's more of like a creative space where you're just kind of like reflecting observing thinking that kind of stuff would you say that if you were struggling with a particular piece that you were working on like artistically that you might be able like if you could self-identify what your problem was like what you were holding back that you could be able to look at something and say you know what if i smoke a little weed i might be able to solve this problem or if I had some of these mushrooms, then I could narrow in on that detail and I could think about it in that headspace. And tomorrow when I come back to this sober, I'll be able to nail in on that better. Like, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, is it, could it almost be considered part of like the research of Uh, in your brainstorming, uh, like an art and not even talking about like concept. I'm just talking about like execution or technique. I personally would never use shrooms in that capacity because for myself, um, I've only ever used sh- shrooms as like a, uh, like a, like a psychotherapeutical, okay. um, aspect. Yeah. So like to deal, like if I'm, if I'm wanting to do some kind of, uh, psychological healing, I've used shrooms in that way to help me work through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my answer, I guess. Danielle, do you have any response to that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I think the issue with weed sometimes is that it can make me a little apathetic. Mm. So to to what you were saying about like finishing a project or whatever, um, I think weed can be an issue with that. Um, but I have, I have been microdosing a psilocybin tincture, which I've noticed does give me like more energy and it'll kind of help me get out of like a funk sometimes Okay. So to finish that, projects. It's, it's almost like, um, 
uh, I don't want to, it's like a drug version of an energy drink or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, kind of uh, feels like it sometimes. Um, this next one, I listen, I have, I have actually, I don't know if this would be considered a substance. I have smoked cloves. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't, I don't, <laughs> that is never, I've never actively thought that that affected my mind state. So I don't consider it doing a substance, but the next one that he did, it was two milligrams. And I don't know how much that is. Um, yeah, but I know how idea. much, I know how much a gram is and I know a milligram must not be that much, but it says nicotine gum. And I don't think that nicotine gum could fuck you up <laughs> enough to do I'm, what I'm looking at. Correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wondering the same thing too. I'm like, shit. That is, I don't know. Maybe he's just, maybe this is a joke. You know what I mean? Like he's just maybe. joking. I don't know. Like, there is a slight buzz with nicotine, but it's never, I mean, this in comparison is... to cannabis or anything, it's not like, yeah, it's not like what this. This is a very yeah. singular, it's like Picasso did a, like a pen and ink type thing on with like a one color watercolor background, and that was it. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to interpret from this. It's. I, I don't either. <laughs> it's a surprising effect compared to the other drugs that he did. I'm like, this is what nicotine gum did to you. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know what? The, the, and this is also something to consider because I was reading the article before we, we went on air. And he did end up having a – he admitted that he has like a uh, mental retardation. Like it, it definitely affected his mind. For, uh, he did well. this for 50 straight days. And yeah, it was a different drug every lot. day. So I'm curious to know if this is just because of the combination of the drugs yeah. that were already affected his brain and then some that might have still been in his system intertwining. I think you, might have the, you might have the culprit there. That yeah, might explain that's... why the nicotine gum went this direction because I don't see that. That's not the kicker. I think he just you know assigned it because that was what he did that day, but – uh, yeah. mm -hmm. I can't see that happening. Um, next yeah. up is it almost looks like something that you would draw, right, uh, Matt? Um, this yeah. looks like an art school, like a life, not a life drawing, but like a uh, charcoal life. Li yeah, life drawing, right? Isn't that what, like the new models yeah. and all that kind of stuff? But almost yeah. in a cartoon yeah, type style for nitrous oxide, which is, is yeah. that laughing gas? Hmm. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Isn't that what they give you, like when you get like a root canal? I think maybe? so. They gave it to my wife when she was in labor, and she it, she was so pissed because it didn't work. And <laughs> apparently, she had uh -huh. never had it. She had never had laughing gas when she went and got like a dental work done. And so when they were, because she didn't want to get a spinal tap, and um, when they were like, "Do you want something for the pain?" She was like, "Well, what can you offer?" And they were like, "Oh, we can give you laughing gas." She was like, "I'll take it." And I'm looking at her. I'm going that shit doesn't work. Like <laughs> they've given it to me when I've had dental work and I'm just like, what is this nonsense? Yeah. Uh, I taste cotton candy, but that's it. Um, but that's, <laughs> he must not have been as affected by the drugs, the the previous drugs that day, because this is a little yeah. bit more coherent. Um, it's more coherent and he looks very happy blissful. in this picture. Yeah. yeah. It's um, almost, it's almost pleasant except for the lack of like colors and everything. Yeah, I, right. I'm misinterpreting it. I know it, but I almost want to say it looks more feminine. And I think that comes <clears> from the fact that it, it's I don't know if this was intentional, but there's little lines coming up 
from the eyelids and I've noticed this lately but in cartoons women are the only one who have eyelashes and so I'm in I'm reading too far into it I'm seeing those as eyelashes being drawn on the figure mm. and that's why I'm interpreting it I was it either those feminine. are eyelashes or I kind of went a little morbid and like they almost look like stitches yeah I can see oh that yeah I can I can see that now cuz they are crossing the line uh, all the way yeah, through. Exactly. They're not stopping on the line. So I could see that, yeah. Um, so I don't know if he was just so fucked up, like, on he couldn't control himself, that, like, or, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I wonder looking but that's, at that. That's the fun, is trying to interpret uh, what's going on <laughs> or whatever. Um, okay, so opium, I'm looking at this, and this explains a lot of art from the history um, that I've seen from, like, Eastern art, like historical Eastern art, because yeah. this looks very much in that style. Um, when opium the was line a work, big thing, yeah, the line work definitely gives me that sense. Um, and also like the patterning is yeah. really interesting. Yeah, patterns are cool. It is kind of fucked up though. It it like he looks he looks like he is. Uh... How many eyeballs does he have? It's uh, a lot, but I can't tell six. if it's if it's a butterfly on his face or if it's his. Eye. Uh, it's, there's a lot of things you could see depending on how like what you're focusing in yeah. on. It's interesting, uh, too, because uh, the opium is related to morphine. And this is another picture that kind of has a certain amount of fractured like mm. uh, aspect to it. Yeah. Wow. It's almost, yeah, it's almost like 3D in a way. Yes. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Where, yeah, and it's just, you know, it's it's basically a grayscale painting. But yeah. it's, uh, yeah, there is a little bit of red. I don't know if that's intentional. Yeah. That, um, I don't know if that's intentional. But it, I can, I'm seeing little dabbles of red here and there. Huh. It's hard to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's got some stuff written up there. All right, so PCP looks like the thumbnail sketches <laughs> that were done for scary stories to tell. But the, you know what I'm talking about? The the book with the skull smoking the... Uh, yes. It looks like the thumbnail sketch version of those finished pieces. It looks like... I mean, it looks like he could barely sit down to draw it. Like, yeah. he kind of just was like, okay, I'm going to draw this, and then I need to go run out of the house, basically. I mean, it's like, weird. I can't sit still. I'm seeing, like, I can definitely make out a face. It, it looks more like a yeah. full body thing where he's almost, like, sitting. I can see his foot and his leg tucked underneath. I cannot tell if the other one is his foot or his penis. It looks like... <laughs> I'm definitely seeing. I may. I'm. <laughs> there might be some Freudian <laughs> shit going on here, but I'm seeing a ball sack and a very phallic penis <laughs> at the very end, right near his glasses. And it could either be oh. his foot or his penis. I can't tell. I think that's a foot. Yeah. Thanks, so. Raymond. <laughs> You're not Pretty helping sure my cause. <laughs> but definitely underneath is definitely a foot, and it looks like he's drinking or smoking. I can't. It looks like he's out of his fucking mind, yeah. like <laughs> out of his body. Yeah, that's one drug I've never wanted to try. And there's, it looks like there's letters that are like evaporating off of him. I can't, or I don't know. 
they're like it's like a I don't know it's like a smoke of letters that are or symbols that are yeah, coming off the back of him. Yeah, it's like O O U U. Yeah. I don't know. Um. So Percocet looks like um like an angry. We're drunk. Getting back to color. Yes, we are back to color finally. Yeah, I got some color. Um, but it looks like an angry drunk. I, that's how I, I I would view it similarly in that vein, uh, and definitely like a lot of like focus on the eyes. Yeah, eyes pop pretty hard. So I would guess from looking at Percocet that this is actually a pretty like mentally active one, mm. and um, it, oh. more of the work that's being done is sort of intentional and intel and intellectual basically yeah i'm trying to figure out because percocet is a it's a pain pill i've tried it before and i'm i don't know that i would feel this way i mean he looks like he looks really angry almost even though there is like there's color so i'm like trying to figure out so i think we're all in agreement he's very angry in this particular thing and i'm very curious this is a question that's going to come up out of this and this is I don't know how related to art this is, but it's just still related to the substance topic. Is there a part, because at this point he's been on drugs for many days, uh, weeks even. Yeah. We've gone through so yeah. many paintings and stuff. Is there a point where you just say, I've had so much fucking enough. I need to be sober for a couple of days. I need to stop this because it's almost like me and food where like I'll have a Ben and Jerry's every fucking night for two weeks Mm -hmm. and then I'll just be like, I can't eat Ben and Jerry's again. I got to stop. Like I'm done. I just, there's no appeal to it anymore. And I almost feel like that might be the vibe that he's giving off in this where it's just like, I fucking hate that I'm doing this. (laughs) Why did I fucking do this? And it's amplified by the Percocet, I guess, or I don't know. Oh yeah. I totally, I totally see that. But I mean, I've lately, I've gotten into a space where I'd prefer I would prefer being sober most of the time unless I'm just like in the mood mm. to, you know, get drunk or get high or whatever. Sure. But it's, 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 I'm, I don't know, I guess maybe because I'm older or whatever, but um, I'm in a place lately where it's like, if I'm going to use a substance, I'm going to be really intentional about it and I'm going to be doing it for some kind of specific purpose, mm. basically. Um, Oddly enough, and I this it correct me if I'm wrong. I w- my understanding would assume that this is another strain of marijuana, but so, salvia divinorum. Does anybody know what this is? Salvia divinorum is not marijuana. Okay. It's um, it is a plant. It's a plant. Uh, it's a plant psychedelic. Okay. But this, it's interesting because this picture does not match any description of salvia divinorum i've ever read okay um because so <laughs> many of the trip reports for salvia divinorum sound kind of horrifying yeah where, like uh reality gets ripped apart and then like you're attacked by interdimensional creatures and stuff like that wow um yeah, it's like this and this is like a really pleasing looking painting this is, very like, this is the first painting i've Yes. Uh, yeah. The first painting I've looked at where I'm like, oh, this this is like <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> I want to see this on a coke can or something. <laughs> yeah, like I might want to try it. 
<laughs> yes, that would definitely fall under false advertising, given what Matt just described the, uh, exactly. the described experiences are. Um, okay, wow. 100 milligrams of Seroquel? Seroquel. Seroquel. Yeah, I never yeah. Even heard of this. I don't know what this um, is. I've taken it before for insomnia. And, um, yeah, it's, it kind of feels like that. <laughs> so would you say, so, so when you say it feels like that, when you're describing it, like that's what you see, or that's just a great representation of the feeling. It's just a great representation. Cause okay. you're just, it just like in this picture, he just looks so like defeated. Okay. Yeah. I guess is how I would describe it. Yeah, it's very and I mean, pencil. It's just it's kind of bland and irony and yeah, yeah, very gray, and his eyes look really tired. Um, we already did this one, right? The soma, that was the yeah. We yeah. Did. I don't know why that one repeated. Uh, okay, this one is very interesting. Tramadol. Oh. Tramadol is a it's a painkiller. This he is interesting. Looks like Tobias Fuque was <laughs> was the mascot for a Chinese uh, food company. Um, this is a really good drawing, though. It's like yeah. really, it's like anatomically, it's really well studied, and it has a lot of energy to it. Um, I'd love to watch a cartoon animated like this. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Um, but. I don't know anything. I don't know enough about tramadol to yeah. comment any further. I'm looking at the next one, trazodone, 100 milligrams, and I don't know what to make of it. It yeah. looks like a cyborg drawing with something. I don't know. Is very. There's a lot of concentration on like a spine. Yeah, this is actually kind of mm. disturbing looking. Yeah, I want to say trazodone is an antidepressant or like an anti-anxiety medicine related, some somewhat related to that area. But this will fuck you up. This is not. This is uh, not looking like yeah. a fun experience. No. in any yeah, way, shape, or form. Um, it says next day. So, like, what does that mean? Yeah, there's like a it's like a diagram of like a surgical procedure or something where there's uh, like a uh like something like a screw being put into your spine or and then there's like math equations in a little like an abdomen thought bubble. Oh, it look, yeah, it looks like he has like his eyeball, like his retinas being examined. Ah, uh, yeah. And there's like a thorn in his side, so it's probably you know, we talked about the compound <laughs> reactions of all of these different things. I'm guessing his appendix might have been hurting at this point because yeah, something was going on. <laughs> there's something going on inside his body that he is not happy with. Uh, and then he got happy because the next one is Valium. And <laughs> yeah, nice. This it's a one, very fuzzy drawing. Yeah, it, yeah, this one is probably one of the happiest. Um, I've yeah, seen, he's know. actually smiling in the photo too, or the, the yeah. portrait. Um, and the fuzziness of the, the line work is, 
comforting. It it should be chaotic, yeah. but yeah, it's comforting. Yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like the PCP portrait where it looked very right. rushed and haphazard. This looks like the the lines seem thoughtful, and he's yeah. enjoying drawing. And the the way yeah. they were executed was very. That like you can you can feel the energy that was coming through yeah. him when he did that line work. So it's not it's not chaotic. It's 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 peaceful, but it looks yeah. chaotic in a way. I don't. It's very it's contradictory in the way I'm describing it. But it, when you see it, it's like wow, huh? I've never taken Valium. I have no idea what it's like, but um, I think it's an antidepressant. Uh, do you happen to know, Danielle? It's a um, it's a it's used for anxiety okay so yeah he looks he looks like he's in a really comfy place like he's at ease hmm. that's kind of that's kind of like the feeling that it gives you uh i think he's captured that quite well um so yeah props to the artist mm, sure and then we're moving to xanax which is also isn't that like a sibling of uh yeah it's Valium? a uh for anxiety yeah yeah um, this one I would not say as happy. It 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 it's no. almost depressed but peaceful. Um, there's color. That's what I get the sense of. He yeah. looks tired. It definitely seems peaceful. There's a slight curl to the mouth. Um, yeah. It, it's it yeah. There's 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 harmony but chaos. It it's it's a really beautiful. <laughs> I, I I I mean and well I guess that's what we're kind of getting at with a lot of these things is that it's really. There are possibilities to implement both techniques and principles of art design that your brain meshes together that you normally wouldn't. So I guess you could say that right. some of these things are, in fact, a attribute of using the substances is that you break rules not even realizing it and somehow you're able to make it work. Like, you know what I mean? Are you often, I mean, I can imagine if this guy is going through this process in a very, assuming he's going through this process in an intentional way, he's probably trying to pay extra attention to the different emotional states he's in with each drug. And so it, I get the sense that he is, because I, I don't know, like not necessarily everybody's going to give the same amount of of effort of trying to communicate what they're feeling, which I feel like what he's doing between from portrait to portrait. Mm. And I, an interesting aspect of like taking, like taking drugs is that over time you become more aware of your internal, your internal mechanisms basically, mm. and figuring out how to communicate them to, you know, to the outside world. If you're, if you're going into it deliberately and consciously, anyway. Can I let me ask you guys this? Because uh, again, I don't know. Um, I talked about before about being the the guy on the side of the fence watching everybody else on the other side of the party. And Matt, you just brought up the uh, thing about you know when you've done them for a significant amount of time or whatever like that. I'm curious yeah. to know from the two of you if you've noticed that it does make you more observational of things that you miss when you're sober. You know what I mean? Like, does it sharpen that acuity of, you know what I mean? Like when you're sober, it's almost like you appreciate being sober a little bit more and you don't take for granted the things that you take for granted. Does that make sense? That's, um, I mean, I would say I definitely find when I'm sober, I'm, I'm more, I'm more attentive now 
and more and paying better attention to stuff because um, you weren't when you were when you were high from those experiences for sure those are like you know um having experiences of like being especially shrooms because shrooms is like a kind of high where you you're i you know marijuana like kind of adjusts your your uh neurology such that you're like a little bit left of center or right of center of the world like you're just a little bit outside of it but shrooms is like you're you're somewhere else you mm. know in a, in a sense and so when you come back into reality um it's easier to pay attention to what you're looking at. And like you're saying, um, you don't take it as you don't take it for granted as much. I feel like, or it, 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 it really adjusts the way that I look at the world, I guess is, is another way of putting it. Daniel, what about you, Daniel? Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think I, I notice more things now, like, I'll notice like other people's like mannerisms or I'll just like dissect things more, so to speak. It's hard to explain, but I just, I pay attention to things differently now. Yeah. But that's, that's the whole point, right? Isn't that the, like, that's what a lot of people say about the thing about substances is that they talk about it opening up, uh, you know, their viewpoints to things that they had overlooked or never even considered before. Um, I, I'm trying not to, if there are any children listening to this podcast, I'm not trying to glorify substance use. Um, right. But, yeah. Uh, none, uh, none of us are. I, uh, I also feel like being honest, does. being honest about things, um, yes. is the best way to earn people's understanding of them because, uh, it will be less likely to lead to self-destructive patterns. So it's yes. kind of like, don't, and I, I a hundred percent agree with that, Joe, because I, I feel like, um, a well-informed populace is one that can make decisions that won't, like you're saying, won't lead to destructive behavior. I yeah. think people need to understand with any substance what they're going to get into if they decide to take it. Because if you just, if you, like, for example, take MDMA at a party and you have no idea what MDMA is, what it does to your brain, to your body you're putting yourself in danger, you know, like you're, you're putting yourself in danger because you're going into it with, with very little information. Yeah. Uh, the same way, like you wouldn't, like you wouldn't buy, you wouldn't buy a hundred thousand dollars of a stock without first, like, you know, looking at, (laughs) looking at the fundamentals or at least getting an idea of what the, you know, something about the company in the same way, like you're putting something in your body. You need to know, what is that chemical you're going to put in your body? What is the what is the impact it's going to have on you short term, long term, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. But then again, there are people who just willy nilly do things without looking into them, like me, who just threw a bunch <laughs> of money into Dogecoin because Matt told me it was a good well, idea. Well, I did too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's different. Um, but you know, I, I I think it's important to talk about these things. But I you know I I'm not saying I'm going to go run out and try drugs, but that you know i'm looking at this and i'm having this discussion with you two and you know it yeah. definitely i at least the ideas are coming through this guy's work so it's almost like he's a guinea pig for me to look at something and consider it so i don't have to actually do the drug but i am definitely because i'm looking so far into it about it like i'm i'm getting 
ideas in my head. So it's almost like how you were talking before, Matt, about how the comic creators that you were influenced by were, you know, probably heavy pot smokers or using other uh, substances yeah. or whatever. So to I ask the two of you to get back onto the topic and away from this article that our listeners sure. can't really see. I would just, I would, before we get back on the topic, I sure. would just recommend for people who want to learn more about the specifics of any given substance, there is a site called Arrowid, E-R-O-W-I-E.org. And they've compiled, it's a community that's compiled uh, hundreds and hundreds of what they call trip reports. So that you can see from individual and anecdotal experience how people have felt under certain substances. Wow. And they give information as to like what is the lethal dose of the substance, what's the impact of it on your body. Like it's it is an informational resource for people who are interested in taking substances but want to be safe and want to be careful. So well, that's all I had to say. Arrowit.org, I highly recommend for it. For the sake of our legal asses, I'm going to say that, uh, <laughs> maybe consult your doctor uh, and yes. also do your due diligence before you try any particular substance because I'm sure a lethal dosage probably differs on your age, gender, weight, um, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, Absolutely. your health habits, all that kind of jazz. Um but yeah, so I'm curious to know from the two of you, um, there are uh, obviously as artists, we are influenced by other artists. So I'm curious to know if there were any artists that were very apparent um, to you that were probably using substances that maybe influenced you to try that particular substance. I'm just curious to know if there's any because like I, I look at things like Alan Moore and it's yeah, very clear 100%. that man was doing yeah. some fucking shit. Uh, yeah. When he did his work, um, yeah. but he is revered as one of the greatest artists in, uh, I guess you could say just storytelling. I don't want to say comics because it, it I it's I don't want to say that's like a curse word because I don't think comics are a bad thing or, you know, trivial or meaningless or anything like that or childish. But um, but just in general, like his stories are pretty crazy and they're awesome yeah. and really deep and thoughtful. So. Like I've done like some research on Alan Moore and tried to see what what kind of things that he was into. And not that I again, not that I've tried any of them, but like it, it made me a little bit more. I don't want to say susceptible, but intrigued by possibility. So I'm curious to know if that has had any influence on either of you. Yeah. Do you want to take that first, Daniel? Uh, yeah, I honestly can't think of anyone right now. So, okay. I mean, if you want to. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say. I don't, like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, pretty much all of the artists that I've been <laughs> interested in, with the exception of Frank Zappa, who Frank Zappa was totally straight edge except for nicotine. Like he smoked like a fucking volcano, but I guess that was his drug of choice. Sure. But he he was um, avidly against using. I mean, he was he was avidly for himself against using cannabis or alcohol or any anything like that. Uh, I think because for him, he was just like nat. He must have had some kind of natural high or something where it was just like it didn't his he didn't feel like his creativity needed to be enhanced through using substances. But Alan Moore, like you were saying, um, the writer Robert Anton Wilson. Uh, very, very much like a cannabis advocate and had done a lot of other like um, heavier psychedelic drugs in his past. Um, and then the big one for me, and I mean, I guess 
I would still call him an artist, uh, is um, this... I don't know how to define this guy. Uh, this orator by the name of Terrence McKenna, who oh shit, yeah, has a very curious and interesting history that I won't go into. But he did lots and lots of psychedelics, lots and lots of cannabis, and his big one was he was he was both a shrooms guy, and his other big one was DMT, which oh, is as a psychedelic supposed to be the uh, I guess the, I don't know what to call it, the Holy Grail or whatever, but it's the one that people have a lot of trip reports where people say that they felt like they went to an alternate reality wow. and spoke to aliens and all this other stuff. And um, it's one of the more curious. It, it was one of his big talking points. And so I say he was he he was a master of the spoken word. I don't know. I don't know if that was just the influence of the shrooms on him or what. Like he speculated a lot that maybe, <laughs> maybe the shrooms had had some impact on like his ability to speak because he was incredibly eloquent. And so, um, I, I definitely say that he had a pretty big impact on my curiosity towards trying psychedelics specifically. Um, not that we, we've kind of been heavy on the particulars of drugs and i'm curious to know because yeah. i'm i'm sure but i'm not i'm not going to be assuming i'm not condescending but i'm sure i know uh, matt you have i don't know danielle but um i'm we're going to wrap up here with uh yeah. al alcohol which seems to be the mortal enemy of a lot of people who uh are advocating for legalization of drugs i don't know why uh <laughs> so many potheads are very 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 hateful of alcoholics or i don't want to call them alcoholics but you know, alcohol users. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious to know, uh, because again, I have not had a drink, um, how that particular substance, uh, because Matt, I remember when we were in college, you and Joker used to go and there was something called drink and draw. And I'm just very curious right. to know like what the experience was with that. And then Danielle, if you have any, uh, insight to, uh, if, if alcohol is something that you have found has helped with anything that you've designed, uh, feel free to chime in. Yeah, it's funny too because uh, it's back at SCAD. I actually didn't drink at all. I did go to drinking draws, but I didn't drink, and I didn't drink until I was like uh, 26, I think. Wow. And the main issue for me was I was just sort of uh, alcohol was something where I was concerned about like maybe I would like it too much and like you know yeah. get into substance abuse. Sure. But I I've drank enough times where I don't like the next day impact of alcohol okay so my body feel my body is apparently like just attuned to not wanting to get drunk that often like like friday like last friday i went out and had like a martini and that was it because that was like all i was in the mood for sure. um but more specific to your question um i honestly i think that a lot of a lot of a lot of cannabis or drug advocates are upset with alcohol probably because alcohol is not prohibited anymore. And there are a lot of these other drugs that like for the, for instance, with cannabis, cannabis doesn't have the same uh, negative impacts on the body that alcohol has mm. and generally has medicinal purposes and alcohol doesn't have any sort of net medicinal purposes. So it seems for a lot of people that it is, um, 
like there's a major bias against cannabis versus alcohol, which has these net negatives is totally legal in the world. And in every, you know, in all 50 States people can go drink, but for some reason people can't be free to take this medicine. And that's usually the argument that is used by a lot of, um, drug advocates, uh, especially cannabis advocates. And I mean, like there's certainly a lot of truth to what they're saying. And, but for me personally, like I don't have anything against alcohol. I have something, I have some feelings against the laws regarding sure. substances. Yeah. Right. I think it's per. I personally think it might be unfair, uh, to people who want to use cannabis that they, in certain States, they can face penalization, right. Either through fines or through uh, criminal, like, you know, going, going to jail, uh, for possession. So to me, that's like, that to me seems like the argument or what the argument is ultimately about is like, why can't people just specifically cannabis? Why can't people just do cannabis? I'm not sure about every drug, but anyway, Danielle, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree a lot, a lot with what you said. I think a lot of stoners just want alcoholics to like replace their glass of wine or <laughs> a beer with a blunt you know is what that is what Come that join our team. is it's very, it's very welcome right. and loving <laughs> um but the, yeah so i'm just very curious and then we'll kind of wrap up on this because we are going way into the end zone on this uh subject but if you are on a substance while you're listening to this you probably don't mind um but i just wanted to wrap up with this the, the, my understanding of alcohol which might be greater this summer if i get clear to my allergy which fingers crossed i will um, is quote unquote liquid courage. So I'm curious to know. I mean, obviously, if you take too much alcohol, you're going to be incoherent and you're not going to be able to quote unquote art as well as you would um, if you were sober. But I'm curious to know if you think that maybe when you had a little bit of alcohol or maybe if there's another substance that might cause this particular effect, you, you two can educate me, um, that you might be more bold in terms of what you might create, because I think a lot of artists yeah. are, a lot of artists are very introspective people. They have deep thoughts. They're very self-examining. They're very observant of society and others. Yeah. And while that is an attribute, sometimes bringing things to the surface can be scary for people, especially the audience. And they don't necessarily want to address things. And an artist, and we're all as artists, I know we are all very insecure and just want to be loved and felt accepted. And that's something that's very human, but I think artists feel a little bit more deeply. But I'm curious to know if alcohol or any other substance maybe, maybe allows you to be a little bit more bold with your art, which is something that every artist kind of aspires to, is to do yeah. the thing that others won't. Because that is what it essentially will make your art stand above. So I'm curious to know if there's I any would, uh, substance that might be that particular attribute other than alcohol, or if alcohol is just the one that does it. I mean, alcohol can do that for sure. Um, I, it's, not, it's not something I would do for everyday creation personally, but there have been a couple of times where like, I've been, I've drawn after having a drink, and I am looser in my drawing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I am like, a little less inhibited and i think there's certainly you know a glass of wine a, a day or something you sure. know yeah i can't i can't argue against that that's fine you know um I, what do you think danielle yeah i mean i feel like it definitely 
makes me feel looser, like more uninhibited. So I, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Do you guys think that there are, that maybe certain substances apply better or worse for de- depending on which medium you work in? Because like, like I said before, earlier in the podcast, there's a stigma that ver- that writers are very much alcoholics where it's like, yeah. Oh, they have to be bold in what they're doing because their their work is about a particular, you know, a story or a concept and they have to have bold ideas that leap off the page. It's just black and white text and if it's not interesting and courageous and risky, people are just going to throw it away after two pages. Yeah. Whereas with an illustration or a painting or whatever like that, it's one particular thing and you're looking at it and it, you know what I mean, like you have different things in your arsenal that can you can use. Yeah that alcohol would not be necessarily, you know, uh, helpful for, but Uh, I would, this is all theory, but I would guess that I would guess that weed is great for music. I would personal experience, uh, music. I mean, I feel like a ton of musicians must smoke weed before they perform because it seems like the kind of, it seems like the kind of high that allows you to kind of like clue in to your environment and really feel things. Yeah. And so much of music is about feeling just because it's an acoustic, it's an acoustic property as opposed to like a, a visual or static property, like, um, you know, like drawing or here's the thing, or film I'm, or whatever. This is what I'm thinking about though, is like alcohol might be more helpful to a jazz artist than it would be to a rock and roll artist because a jazz artist, you're just kind of free flowing and you're making up music on the spot. Whereas you might need to be a little bit more bold to be like, Hey, you know what? I'm stealing the tune and I'm changing the rhythm right (laughs) here. And that's just where it goes. Whereas a rock and roll artist, you know what I mean? Like you're playing the hits on stage. It's interesting that you point that out out because jazz, uh, jazz was infamously, infamously linked with cannabis. Right. Yeah, uh, jazz artists, a lot of jazz artists smoked a lot of pot, and I think, I'm guessing because pot must have helped them more than alcohol. Although certainly alcohol goes hand in hand with most musicians, because most people, are most musicians Playing play where alcohol and... is present. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I think music in general might be not just alcohol, not just weed, but just substances in general. Like MDMA, uh, pretty much defined the rave scene. Um, across the world for a while because the the rave music and MDMA just seem to go hand in hand for whatever reason. See, and my problem has been I watch a lot of movies, whether they're Hollywood or indie, and marijuana has been a staple of Hollywood. Like most people know that if you're in L.A. or whatever like that, it's like commonplace that marijuana has always been like a, a thing there. And I watch movies yep. and people like – the artists who created them are very open about their pot usage. And I'm looking at these movies going, this is fucking shit. Like if this is what, <laughs> if this is the the product that marijuana is producing. I don't want to like, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it, it really is interesting for me because like, that's, that's just where I'm coming from with it, where it's like, yeah. I'm that critical asshole. It's like, this is not interesting to me. Whereas like you said before, Matt, where it might just be more interesting to pot smokers that yeah and i i wonder about that sometimes because and that's something that i kind of personally um it's also kind of a reason why i I try and not 
link too much of my creativity to drug use too, because I don't, I, I will say this, like I definitely can get some great ideas, right. From being stoned, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all my great ideas come from being stoned. A lot of my great ideas just come from being around in the world when I'm sober and just doing whatever, you know, or maybe, you know, I have a great conversation one night after having a couple of drinks or whatever, but it's different. It's different ideas come from all sorts of different sources, but I definitely think that my most deliberate and intentional and consciously aware ideas come from sobriety, basically. Um, so I don't know. Uh, any any thoughts on that, Danielle? Yeah, pretty much same. I mean, a lot of my thoughts also come from just like talking to people, being out in the world noticing noticing how people interact things like that um I'm, but i mean i think what's that no i was just gonna ask like uh so so you do like a lot of t-shirt designs and stuff like that so i'm i'm very curious to know um like just you know like uh, the 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 or well i don't want to say t-shirts it's just like apparel um like how how substances how do you think it's a uh it, uh not affected, but attributed to your work. Is there uh, like a favorite piece that you've done or anything like that? I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit about your company before we wrap up because I, I realize we haven't talked about it oh, that yeah. much. Well, it's, yeah. it's interesting talking about drugs and stuff. I did do a design that was like a parody off of the D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> it's called uh, D.A.R.E. to Take Five Dried Grams in Silent Darkness. Um <laughs> It's a reference. It's a reference to a James McKenna quote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Because but... the five milligrams in Silent Darkness was like uh, he had this idea of like there's a heroic dose of mushrooms that you can take, and if you take that, you're going to like have the reality pilling experience and have an experience with like the the entities on the other side and all this other stuff. And so that's kind of where that, that saying comes from basically. See, I hear a challenge about taking a certain amount of like a substance and I immediately see the robot from lost in space in my head going danger. Will Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the, uh, anyone who I, dares me to not I, to take a drug, but to take a certain amount called a heroic yeah. dose. That to yeah. me just screams, ah, you need to leave Andrew. <laughs> I think it's totally fair and it's called a hero it's definitely called a heroic dose for a reason because people who come back from that experience definitely describe having had a life altering experience. Wow. And so don't go lightly into it, basically. Well, I wanna say thank Danielle for coming on. Um yeah. you've definitely Thanks been for having me. A, a great guest. We we loved having you and having you speak with your experiences on stuff. Um, your company is No Brow Apparel. Uh, the best way to uh, find your stuff is on Instagram, or do you have a website? Uh, is there um, any... I, I'm on Etsy. Etsy. You can find me on Etsy. Yeah. Awesome. And Matt, you do some of the design work, correct? For that. For that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I wish I could get my little sister to to work with me on stuff because she's a very talented <laughs> musical artist. Uh, well, not musical artist, but oh, she's awesome. definitely a a phenomenal singer. She's got a voice that could shake the heavens. Um, That's awesome. But, That's awesome. but she's very timid about it and she doesn't like to, uh, to, she doesn't like the spotlight, but either way, um, 
I think this has been a great episode. We've gone two yeah. hours, which and we haven't looped it. So that's the that's the real <laughs> accomplishment here is that we didn't loop anything. We had a very interesting discussion for two hours uh, with a great guest and a great topic. I didn't think we were going to be able to milk this much out of uh, 420 day. I just thought we would, you know, try and get the uh, holiday hits. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but uh, this has been a great episode. So I, I definitely think we should have you back on. I know we're going to be. Uh, Matt is currently in discussions with someone possibly who's going to come on and talk about costuming and uh, yeah. fashion design and such. So that is to be looked upon in the future. And Danielle, I think we would be great to have you back on uh, where we could talk about other things. We don't have to talk about drugs with you every time. I'm sure you're not. You're more than just I'm that topic. down to talk about drugs, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, this has been a great discussion, and I, I just wanted to say thank yeah. you for uh, contributing. Uh, Matt, as always, a pleasure to have you. Um, this is going to be our 420 episode. I have no idea what we'll talk about on 420 next year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll try and squeeze some kind of new gimmick out of it. But uh, for now, I guess that's it. If anybody wants to... Uh, check out the YouTube version of this particular podcast because I will be sticking the paintings that we were talking about up uh, as a visual aid. So in case you're wondering what the hell we were talking about, probably should have prefaced that earlier so you could just jump there. But maybe you're awesome and you listen to us twice. We are getting more and more hits as it goes on. Uh, thank you, listeners, and we will be back next week. Take care. All right. Good night, everybody. All right. Later. Thank you.